Let me ask you a question, two questions today. The first is this. How have you benefited from a bridge today, a bridge today or this week? How has that benefited you? Maybe on your way to church you came across uh, the Knox Abbott Bridge there, the Blossom Street Bridge. Maybe you came across over 77. Maybe you tried to come across Gervais Street. I understand they're eating on Gervais Street Bridge today. Is that right? So you can't ride on the Gervais Street Bridge. But how do bridges benefit us? Bridges are great. It'd be hard to kind of like ford the river to get to church this morning, right? That'd be kind of difficult to do. We have roads that connect us. So bridges connect us. They get us places quicker. They get us places uh, easily and orderly. And they just helped our lives a whole lot. Second question is this. How have you benefited from walls today in your life? How have you benefited from walls? What's the purpose of walls? You know, walls protect us. Walls keep us safe. They preserve us. Walls help us to rest at night. There's just some safety and some security in the walls around us. Like even right now, we're in these walls, and these walls are drowning out the noise of traffic. These walls are keeping the air conditioning in, and there's lots of benefits of having walls in our life, and those are great things. Our Next Steps program kicked off today. We had our first class today. I don't know what number we're on, but God has sent us some great people yet again who are interested in what biblical membership is for Holland Avenue Baptist Church. And one thing that Next Steps does is Next Steps builds bridges, and it also builds walls at the exact same time. It builds bridges by eliminating confusion on the definition of what a church member is. We bring all kind of ideas to church membership. We're members of different clubs and different parties and different things and committees. And we come to the church, and those situations and rules and experiences don't apply always to the church, to the kingdom of God. There is such thing as biblical membership. And Next Steps is a bridge to understand that. It eliminates the sink or swim, the hands-off process that you may have experienced in churches where you're just kind of dropped off and said, hey, sink or swim, learn, listen well, read the bulletin, you're on your own. It eliminates that. We say, no, we're building a bridge to where we can walk together on that towards church membership. I don't know if you've ever been thrown into something before. I was thrown into high school basketball league at a church. Y'all see me? I'm like five foot six, maybe. And they're like, all right, we're putting a basketball team together. All you boys are on it. We'll see you on Saturday. And we're like, okay, whatever. Let's, let's go and let's do it. And we got there, and every time I got the ball, the whistle blew. And the ref's like, foul, foul, foul. And I was like, I'm not even moving. Apparently, that's traveling or something. I don't know. You know, and, and I was just like, I, I, don't even, I don't even watch basketball. Just thrown right in the middle of it. No idea what's going on. And finally, I just said, you know what? You know, we played one game. That was it. We were done. All of us were done with that. Keep getting, look, I'm used to street ball, man. Just go in there and do what you want to do and bump people and throw the ball and things like that. There's no rules. Well, when it, when it comes to the kingdom of God, the beautiful, wonderful body of Christ filled with, with wonderful, beautiful people that Christ has redeemed and transformed, when it comes to that, we don't want to have anything goes. We don't want to have street rules and street ball. Our Next Steps program creates relationship, and it creates conversation. See, Next Steps is like customer service. 
right? Like we want to roll out the red carpet and we want to start conversations with folks who are at a point of, of decision to say, I don't know where I'm at in my spiritual walk. What do you have to offer me? What does it mean to be a member of Holland Avenue Baptist Church? So we take our time to answer all the questions. We're here to help. We're here to have conversations and take the lead, answer those questions and meet folks where they are. We all come from different backgrounds when it comes to joining a church. Some people come in hurt. Their last church situation, and it may have been months ago or years ago, their last church situation was one that didn't quite go so well. You may have had some folks in charge or calling the shots that were not even born again, and they're leading, and that's a bad situation. And they just said, you know what, I'm out. And they've stereotyped every church is like that church I just came from, so I'm going to kind of hold off on even going or even joining. So some folks are hurt. Some folks are lost, man. The world has just beat them up. People have beat them up. And for them to be in a room full of people, they're just like, ah, oh, you know, no thanks, man. It just kind of hurts. Not ready for that. And some folks are, are blessed saints, man. They're saved. They've been saved for decades. And they're coming to say, God is moving me from one church to another church. And that's a tough transition because the church you're checking out and investigating may not be exactly like the church you were in. We connect folks to a small group. And small groups are so important. Our Sunday school classes, our home groups, groups that meet during the week are so important because it closes the back door, right? We open the front doors and we say, everybody come on in. And next step says, everybody come on in. It's a big bridge. Come on, walk across that bridge, let's talk. And when we're done, we say, you know what? If you don't connect to a group of smaller, smaller group and get some relationships going, man, that back door is wide open. And people may come on right through the front, hang out a while, and go right out that back door. And so you have to be part of a small group where the love is there, and you're helping each other, and you're loving each other, you're praying for each other, you're holding each other like strong all week long. You've got to have that connection there. So we're working hard in establishing the most small groups we possibly can. We have a new group starting in two weeks for our young married couples. God has sent at least five in the last few months to us. So there's a new class, a new small group for young married couples. I, I invite you to check that out if you are young married. Now, be honest with young married, okay? At, at a point, you're not young and married anymore. You're married, but you're not young and married, okay? So let's let the young folks have their own class, y'all. It's going to be a great class. Chris and Nancy Ellisor are going to be facilitating that class for us. If you're hungry for more, if you're coming to worship and you're enjoying it, but you're like, you know what? What else is there? Believe me, there's lots on the menu here for you. Deeper things than just the preaching, than simply our worship time. And those are huge. Those are a part of it. We need both. We need the corporate gathering and the smaller, the smaller study. But if you're hungry for more, let me know because we have lots of different smaller groups you can connect with that can really feed you and help you grow and mature in your walk with Christ. And we all need that. We all need that. Josh Hunt, in his book, Sticky Church, uh, I love this book, just got done with this, took my time to read it. It's about the purpose of small groups and why we have them, and the idea we want people to stick to the church, we want it to stick, we want it to come in and be like Velcro, connect you to the right folks, to connect you to the right groups and studies and classes, connect you to the right service projects and things, and it's closing the back door. And this is what he said about church growth. 
I love this. This is the way I, I operate right here. We don't need very many visitors to grow numerically in a church. One to three percent is plenty. You just need to take care of the visitors you've got. And just let that last part sink in. You just need to take care of the visitors you've got. By God's grace and God giving his people the right vision and spiritual leadership, we're able to take care of the visitors that we've got. And you look around you and you might notice visitors around you today. Right now, today, we've got the one to three percent already in our room. Out of 200, that's what, two? Is that right? Two, four, six folks. And the idea is this, man, we don't want 25 or 50 folks in here who are visiting. It'd be hard to really connect real quickly and real. But man, let's take care of the folks that we've got. And so you look around you and you say, well, if there's visitors nearby, how are you taking care of them, right? How can I reach out and, and say a few words today or get their name and, and, and ask how they're doing and things like that? It don't take long, but how are you taking care of the visitors that you've got? A lot of times, this is kind of the room we gather in. Visitors come and get their first impression of a church by the worship gathering. But you know what this worship gathering is? This worship gathering is the two-minute movie trailer. Y'all, it's the two-minute movie trailer for the film, the epic film, okay? The, the, the things that go on on the stage, the preaching and the music and the solos and the whatever else that we may do and the announcements you hear, realize it's just a small part of the big picture. And it's meant to say, hey, there's more. The folks in the choir are real born-again people. And when they sing the songs like they do, my heart is just stirred. What they're singing about is not a made-up story. What they're singing about is real. You know why? I know it's real because if man wrote the Bible, man would not make himself the depraved, dead loser as man is portrayed in the Bible. If man wrote the Bible, we'd be the hero, we'd be number one, we wouldn't need saving, God wouldn't need to save us, we'd be God. And yet the scriptures tell us over and over again how sinful and lost we are and how dead we are. And so you know what? Man did not write that, y'all. That book beats us up. That book tells us that we can't be saved without the grace of the Lord and the sacrifice of Christ. It takes our mind off ourselves. So parts of worship and I know you're getting fed. It's super, super encouraging. Be mindful that Jesus did talk about walls. He says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, the road is broad, that leads to destruction, and there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life and very few find it. And the idea is that you have walls that keep folks safe and keep what's precious protected. But praise God, the walls have a gate. What kind of walls do we build in our churches? 
Should we have tall walls? Should we have picket fences? How protected should we be? We get bombarded all the time. We get called names all the time. We get threatened with some proposed legislature about how we've allowed some folks to come in and some folks not to come into our churches. It's the kingdom of God. It's got walls. We didn't build those walls. Heaven's not ours. The walls are there from the Lord. It's His home. We didn't build these walls. God has built walls. You must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's a wall, folks. That's a wall. You, you, don't, you don't push through that wall. You don't find ways around that wall. To enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. A man is born again by placing his faith in Jesus Christ. 